Welcome to Gather Round with Rebecca Spooner. Oh, guys, I know it's been a bit, but here we are planning our trip to the United States in only a couple of weeks, and I'm starting to think how I'm possibly going to podcast in a small tin can RV with five children and a husband and so much technology. Like, there's just a lot of technology inside of our RV. So um, I'm not sure what it's going to look like for the next five, six months while we're on the road. I'm hoping that we're going to actually get to meet some of you on our website, gatheroundhomeschool.com. We're currently, we have a a kind of a tour schedule listed there. And we also have a form that you can fill out if you want to meet us, if you want to host us at your church. Um, I'm not sure how many things we'll be able to do, but sometimes we've stayed in people's driveways. Um, Sometimes we've done little meet and greets and sometimes we've done larger gatherings. So Anyways, our hope while we're down there is to do a little less of the online and a little more of the in-person. And we're going to be speaking, we're going to be at retreats, and then of course we have our own retreat. And I know I'm I'm using up valuable podcast time for this, but if you have not heard of our Gather Round retreat, which is in April, it is our very own um, event. It is not a normal homeschool convention. It's a little bit more of a family retreat feel. And it's really our heart to do family ministry. We ended up doing one in Edmonton this past year up here in Canada and it was so special it was it was so unique it was so different and it was it had a simplicity about it that that made it just I don't know it was just it was intimate it was special even though there was quite a few people there it was still really really unique so um, we included the kids. I even spoke to the kids at some points. We had the kids write in the messages. Um, I didn't just, you know, send them off and get a kids program for them. So our intention with this retreat is to not only meet you, but to speak and encourage and honestly pray over you. We want to we want to do ministry time. We want to pray um, together and we want to, as families, seek God because I can tell you that it is a, a mindset that we have in our culture today that kids are down here and adults are up here. And I know you can't see my hands, but you know what I'm, I'm referring to. The point is, is that especially in ministry and movements, and homeschool conventions and all the things kids go into their kid corner and are pacified and it's adults come together and they they learn and I've even seen some people try to counteract this by saying you know we want to have kids involved we want to include the children which is great but then they're still talking to the adults and they're not catering it to the kids and the fact is is that the kids need to have a different kind of message so we have this great disconnect that happens and so my heart, my heart for um, the retreat and and all of it, really, for what I feel like God is leading us into is family. And I think that connecting as families, and I think families are going to begin to be equipped and to step into ministries and callings and businesses and all sorts of things moving together, no longer just mom and dad pursuing their calling and their ministry and leaving their family in the dust, but rather all together running after what God has and us discipling our children as we go. So anyways, I'm really hoping to see some of you guys there. Once again, I cannot promise how much I'll be able to podcast or maybe I'll do it and you guys will just hear some background noise. Who knows? Um, But that's my preface. 
Okay, so you know what to expect for the future. <laughs> now that we've done a three minute and 44 second introduction, I am going to tell you what today's episode is about. Now, if you watched my live video, I talked about specifically um, homeschooling and the government. And I said I would podcast about it and I am going to, but I, I'm gonna go a little broader. I'm gonna zoom back. I'm not just gonna talk about homeschooling and the government, but rather I wanna talk about freedom. Today's session is about freedom. And I think that we tend to we tend to imagine the opposite of freedom, being bound, being trapped, is is something that is um, you're very highly aware of, right? Like in the natural, if you are bound, your your hands are are tied behind the back. You're very aware of your situation. If you are, you know, um, whatever, put in prison, it, you, the door is shut. You're very aware of the situation that you are there and you are not leaving. However, in the spirit, I think that we've grown a bit complacent in the fact that you can be trapped without really realizing it. And when we don't take the time to sit down and analyze how we're feeling and where things are coming from, we cannot recognize the patterns and the cycles and and the 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 captivity that we might be under um, that we could be walking in victory if we would only if we would only choose to. And so that's what I want to expose a bit today. And we'll talk about that in the realm of homeschooling. We'll talk about that in the realm of, of just our culture today um, and our relationships and the world that we live in. But I want you to ask yourself this question, are you bound? We can be trapped by people-pleasing. <laughs> we can be held hostage by fear and doubt and insecurity or even by perceived limitations like overwhelm and fatalism and looking at everything through this, there's no way and it's just not even possible. And that can hold us back from what God has for us. See, anything that is holding you back from the victory that God has, anything that is holding you back from the plans that God has for your life, anything that is is withholding you from blessing and from favor and from, from, from breakthrough and from moving forward, those things are often things that are, are trapping us. There are things that are trapping us. And if we will look around and recognize it, we will be able to actually do something about it. Galatians 5.1 says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. See, what I think that this verse shows us is that, that we can actually, we can actually be, um, you know, stuck in slavery and, and come out of it, Christ sets us free. We're free. But, but the second part of the verse is actually giving us a warning to not submit once again, which means that it's very easy when you have already been in patterns, when you've already allowed yourself to be trapped, when you have already succumbed and essentially given yourself up to being bound and held captive by negative thought patterns or whatever those may be. That, that it's very easy, I think, to go back to it. Otherwise, I'm not sure why the second half of the verse would be in here. And do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. See, you have been made free, but you have the opportunity and will continue to have the opportunity to submit again to the yoke that you were under once before. 
How do we how do we do that? How do we begin to recognize and and um, break free from the yoke of slavery that that we might be under? I think the most important number one first step is awareness. We have to be aware. John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. See, we are ignorant in so many ways. And do you know what I feel like we're sometimes the most ignorant about is ourselves. We are ignorant about our thoughts. We are ignorant about our emotions. We allow our mind to run rampant and without any restriction, any thought that comes through our mind is allowed to just have free reign in our minds. And we, every emotion that we feel, we allow ourselves to feel. There is, there is verbiage all over. It doesn't matter where you go. Everyone has a right to their feelings. This is the culture that we live in. No one can tell you what to feel. No one should ever tell you that you shouldn't feel that way. Therefore, your feelings are so elevated. They are so um, glorified that that you can't help the way you feel. This is literally the number one um, message. One of the number, you know, let's not say this. No, it's not the number one. I just like saying that. One of the top messages that we are being told in our culture today is that you can't help what you feel. Well, to me, that sounds like a yoke of slavery. If I can't help my own feelings, if I am bound and I am trapped and I am just at the mercy of my emotions, what a pitiful existence that would be. Because let me tell you, my emotions lie. My emotions are all over the place sometimes. And if we are just at at the mercy of those and everybody around us has to be at the mercy of those, that doesn't just sound like something I am a slave to, but it sounds like something that I can actually use as like a dictatorship over everyone else around me. Oh, I can't help how I feel and you can't impose anything on me. So we all just have to live with the fact that I'm angry right now or I'm overwhelmed or I'm sad or whatever it may be. We have to be aware You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know what the truth is? Do you know what God says about about our feelings? Do you know what God says about our thoughts? Do you know that the Bible says that our flesh can actually be subjected? That, that, That we can actually have authority over our flesh. We can have authority over our mind. We can have authority over, yes, there's a natural tendency. Yes, we live in a sinful, broken world and we can't change everything all around us. But you know what we can change? Ourselves. We can. And God has given us tools and resources and strategies. We have the armor of God. We can put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the the feet, the shoes of of the gospel of peace. We can arm ourselves with what God has given us, specifically the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We can speak his word. We can battle our emotions. We can battle our thoughts. The Bible says, take every thought captive. No, we are not allowed. We are not given a free pass to just allow our thoughts and our emotions to run free reign. And over and over and over again in scripture, we see verses counteracting the the natural tendencies of our flesh and giving us tools and strategies and telling us to rise up and don't be angry and telling us to rise up and and to choose grace and telling us to rise up and love one another and not to be jealous and not to be um, um, selfish or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. My goodness, the Bible is full, full of the truth being, no, we are not at the mercy of that. And you want true freedom? 
You want true freedom. It means actually taking responsibility by being aware of what you have become a slave to. These can be things like lies we believed. Um, I, I think we become slaves to lies we believe a lot. And I, I can bring it back to Galatians 5.1, where it says, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Once we have believed lies, we are actually submitting ourselves to them. See, these are things like, I can't do that. I'm just not that great. I'm just not like that. I'm just, I don't have those giftings. God will never use me. Why would he use me? Um, Whatever, whatever. Choose a lie. I'm sure you probably have something in your mind right now. We all do this, but we hear these lies. We either come out of us, they come out of our emotions, their thoughts that we have, or even the enemy is just constantly, you know, just just a, a constant barrage of lies. And, and we, in that moment, if we don't take that thought captive, if we just allow our thoughts to go wild, then we can actually find ourselves submitting to that lie, agreeing with that lie, saying, yes, that is true. I can't do that. Yes, that is true. They never choose me. They never want me. I'm rejected. I've always been rejected. We can actually solidify that lie and it starts to almost taint our worldview Now, how many of you have heard about worldview? I feel like it's so trending in the Christian community right now, especially in the homeschool Christian community. Everything is about worldview. What's your worldview? It should be a biblical worldview. The lens through which you view everything is your worldview. Well, that's pretty complicated because the lens through which you view everything is only going to be the Bible if you are immersed in the Bible. Otherwise, if you are living according to your flesh and letting all of your wild thoughts and feelings and emotions and, and, and your, your sinful nature reign in your life, then your worldview is going to be a little bit tainted. See, if I tell myself on an ongoing basis, they don't want me, they never want me, they've never wanted me, and this has been a pattern my whole life, and I've just been rejected over and over and over, and I get this victim mentality, and I agree with this lie, and I build this lie, and I, I literally give fuel to it. I start to see everything through that lens. I go somewhere, and somebody says, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm too busy today to get together, and instantly it reinforces a lie that I'm looking at everything through. I see that not just as they're busy. No, no, I see that as once again, they don't don't want me. See, our worldview becomes tainted by the lies that we believe, but no one is making us believe those lies. You can actually take a lie, a, a system, a, 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 a perspective that you have, an entire way that you perceive the world around you, and you can actually say, what is the root of this lie? And I can almost promise you that if you take the time to pray about it and think about it and go back and, and, and look through your life, there's going to be a moment where you can remember, hey, I remember that this happened and in that moment I chose that it was because of this. And I started, I submitted myself to a yoke of slavery. Now what happens, okay, you become aware of it and it says the truth will set you free. We submit it to Christ and we say, you know, I'm sorry, I repent of aligning with this lie. I repent of agreeing with it. I repent of not taking my thought captive like like you tell me to in scripture. I repent of allowing my emotions free reign. I repent of believing the lie of the culture that that everybody is at the mercy. I'm even at the mercy of my emotions and my thoughts and my my ideas that that my ideas reign supreme over yours. I repent of that. And when we do that, we can be set free of it because for freedom Christ has set us free. He can set us free from our our negative mindset 
mindsets and the way that we view things and patterns and things that seem really, it seems overwhelming, right? When you're like, oh my goodness, my whole life looks through this lens. How do I fix this? That's a great thing. The great thing is that when we recognize it and when we submit it at the foot of the cross, you guys, it's Christ that sets us free. But here's the thing. Galatians 5.1 says that he sets us free, but we have to do what? Stand firm and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. See, you are going to be tested. There are going to be temptations. That lie is going to come back in your life because it was a pattern for so long. And you have to now stand firm. You have to choose to take those thoughts and those emotions captive. You have to choose to reject and recognize it and say, no, that's a lie. I'm not going back there. I refuse to submit once again to a yoke of slavery. Another thing that we can, we can allow ourselves to be bound by is accepted limitations. In the homeschool world, actually, I'll, I'll do the examples after, but, but simple examples, okay? The, these are the accepted limitations either of ourselves we have limitations in ourselves and we just say we can't. Or it is limitations in the world around us where we just think it's never going to happen. We feel like something is impossible and because it feels impossible, we decide that it's not going to happen. Once again, it is our overwhelm, which is emotion, that we allow to take root and we accept and we align with and we say, you know what, this is just a limitation and it's just it's just not possible for us. I mean, some people have that. You can even do that in the spirit. You could talk about in the spirit. People say, oh, I've got this gift or I've got that gift and you might think, oh, you know, I've prayed for it, but you know, I just, I don't have that. Another example is, is the gift of evangelism. You know how many people I've heard say, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Yeah, it's just, it's just not my thing. Like it's really uncomfortable for me to go out and tell people about Jesus. So I just, it's, it's like a limitation. It's just not who I am. God makes some people, he gives them the gift of evangelism and I'm like, go man. But when it comes to me, I I don't know. I just don't really have that. You know, what a ridiculous statement. What a ridiculous statement that is, because we all are under the great commission to go forth and make disciples of all nations. We are all called to share the great news of of the good news of great joy. You guys, we all are called to be evangelists, to share him. We are called to carry out and be the hands and feet of continuing the ministry that Jesus left for us to continue. But if we accept limitations and we decide that just because something is awkward or something is uncomfortable and that we just can't do it, then we shut the door. And once again, we allow a lie, we allow an emotion, we allow our discomfort to shut us from what God has for us. I talk to so many people who they, they want to be used by God. They want a ministry. They want to, but you know what I've recognized is that often people have decided that there's a very certain way that needs to look. In their minds, they've decided that that a true calling, a true purpose, a true ministry, something of meaning, it looks like this. And anything outside of that, they're not really interested in. I fell prey to that 100%. There was a point in my life where I was a blogger. It was growing. It was doing really well. And I came to this 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 turning point. I came to this point where I, I could have walked away from everything. And at first I wrestled it. My identity was in it. I struggled. And I got to this point where I said, you know what? You can have it. I don't care. I don't care anymore. It took months. It was a dying to myself. It was painful. But I did get to this point where I was like, I don't want it anymore. In fact, I really, truly don't want it. What I want to do, God, is I want to talk about you. 
I want to preach. I want to share the good news of great joy. I want to encourage people. I want to speak life into people. I want to minister to people. I want to talk about you. I'm sick and tired of talking about homeschooling. I want to talk about you because you are how I homeschool. How can I sit here and talk about the 10 steps to a successful homeschool day? I was sick of it. Honestly, I was sick of it. And I was like, great. Washed my hands of it. Walk away. I'm finished. I was ready to start a new blog tomorrow and it was going to be totally different. And in that moment, God said to me, he said, do not diminish what I've given you. See, what I currently was given did not seem to me like ministry. It didn't seem to me like it was big enough, like it was special enough, like it was influential enough, like it was changing lives in the way that I truly desired, that it was doing enough for the kingdom. See, I decided what I thought doing enough for the kingdom looked like for me, and and that just wasn't cutting it. But God had a different plan because he had put me in that place and he knew that if I would surrender and I would submit to him that we would be able to turn what I had in a new direction and it would have all the fulfillment of everything I had ever desired and longed for. See, I was talking to Jonathan the other day about everything and I was just saying, I, I, oh, we were talking, honestly, it sounds kind of dark. <laughs> Side note, we're going on a tangent, but we were talking about death. We were talking about dying. And I just, I was getting emotional and I was like, I, I know that to some, it would probably sound selfish to be like, I, I'm not ready. But see, when I'm saying I'm not ready, yes, of course, there's the, the part of me that's, I want to see my kids grow and all of the things. But aside from that, spiritually, in my heart of hearts, the deepest cry of my heart is not that I'm not ready because of the things I haven't done. I feel not ready because I, I just, I want to do things for him. And I know that it's not just about doing things. I know it's about relationship with him. But I just feel like this thing, this, the word that came to me was put me in, coach. Put me in and I will spend every moment of my life declaring your goodness. I will run after you every second. Every breath that I have will be for you. I will live my life for you. I will speak for you. I will travel for you. I will do anything that you tell me to do. I want to be used by you. I want to further your kingdom. I want to encourage your people. God, if you would just use me, if you would just use me. And I just feel like I, I, I will give you everything. Ring me out. Use it all. So many people want, they want the, the calling. They want the purpose. They want to have that kind of direction and conviction in their lives, but they have accepted limitations. And these limitations hold them back because what God truly has for you, it's probably not going to fit into your box. It's probably going to be very different than what you imagine it to be. And so if you always allow your own accepted limitations to hold you back, you're going to miss it. See, we serve a limitless God. He is not bound by our theology. He is not bound by our convictions. He is not bound by what we think or what we perceive or, or what we imagine. He is not bound by us. He is so much bigger than us. He is bigger than all of the limitations in the world. In fact, he created the world with its limitations. He's above time. You might think there's not enough time. There's not, oh, God's above time. See, you serve a God who is bigger. You serve a God who is greater. And so who are we to say that there are limitations on what God is calling us into? Have you accepted limitations? Have you been bound by those when God is saying, no, 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 no. See, you, have, you walk in a life with the spirit. And when you walk in the spirit, 
then there are not the same limitations because I can, I can change things like you would not believe. Another great example is fear of rejection, people-pleasing. What are they going to think? Or they wouldn't approve. We become bound by our, our we call it people-pleasing, but ultimately it's fear of rejection because we think that if they knew this about us, if they saw us do this, that they wouldn't want us, that they would judge us. And because that's our community, those are our people, those are our family, those are our friends, we just can't, we, we allow ourselves to be bound. We allow it to hold us back from ultimately being obedient because we don't want to, we don't want to let anyone down and we don't want to be judged and we don't want to be ostracized. And we, we let that fear, fear of rejection, hold us back. See, these are prisons. They might not look like prisons. They might not seem as serious as, as prisons that we imagine. When we think of freedom, we think, oh yeah, freedom from, from drug addiction, freedom from abuse, freedom from, we think the big ones. But you guys, we could be trapped and not even realize it. You know, deliverance, the ministry of being delivered from, from, from our captivity, of being delivered from, from the things that we have allowed to sneak in and take root in our lives, that Christians need that too. And how haughty is it to say that because we did a one and done prayer and we go to church on Sunday that we don't need anything? Well, what are we saying? That in and of ourselves that we have it all? So you all have sinned and fall short. We all make mistakes. We all have tendencies and, and weaknesses and weak spots. And, and we need other people, but we also need to be aware of the fact that, that sometimes the enemy sneaks in and that we have to constantly be evaluating ourselves so that we can walk in the freedom that God has for us. He has freedom. For freedom, Christ set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Standing firm requires, it requires effort. It requires awareness. And to not go back again means we have to be on guard. And I think as Christians, we have allowed ourselves to grow complacent. I think that we have allowed ourselves to um, be duped, quite frankly. And I think that it's ultimately our great pride that, that we are not in captivity, that we, um, that we are, should be allowed to feel whatever we want to feel and we can't change how we feel. And we've bought into the lies of our culture all around us. And I think it's doing great damage in our lives. I'll give you a, a couple of examples and then I'll close it with, with my answer to this. Okay. Story time with Rebecca. So in the homeschool world, and we talked a little bit about this, but one of the, uh, just, I want to give you some natural examples, not so spiritually minded. Okay. I want to give you some earthly, earthly examples here. So in the homeschool world, when we submit ourselves to, um, a charter school or in Canada, um, we can, you know, be under, um, a distance learning school, a DL school where we have teachers assigned to us and we, they give report cards and grading and we have to teach certain things. Um, some schools require certain curriculum or they won't accept certain curriculum. Some schools require that you can do it. You can use anything you want, but you have to report on what you're doing. Some require that you have to give examples of lessons and those are graded and your child gets a report card, whatever that looks like. There's different levels of involvement from the government. 
And I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I've even been a part of that in the past. However, what I do struggle with is when people come up to me and they they share when I go to conventions, they they share all the frustrating parts with it. And oh yeah, I have to give examples. Oh, I can't use this because it's Christian. And you know, and they give all of these things and they say, oh yeah, I've got three of them and I've got to give reports and it's, you know, it's it's a little bit stressful. But I mean, it's it's money. Like it's free money. I can't say no to free money, right? Why not? See, to me, that sounds like you're bound. That sounds like you have allowed the, the, the carrot on the end of the stick of money that you can use for resources to dictate what you do with your children. See, yeah, the money could be a great bonus if that's what God was calling you to do. But has God called you to do that? Or are you actually just doing it because well, you just can't say no to money? Okay, well, it's not free money. There is a great cost associated with that money and you are paying that cost with your time and oftentimes your joy and your peace. And, and so to me, that is not just this, it's not free money, but we allow ourselves to be duped by that. We allow ourselves to fall prey to that and we have to recognize it. Another thing is, you know, you got the money a lot of, for a lot of people, it's having the accountability or it's having the support or they feel like they can't do this on their own. Again, if this is their very first year and you just need to ease your, ease yourself in and you want to have more support, go for it. If you've prayed about it, if you feel like, you know, you just don't even know where to start, there's no, there's no problem in that. The problem comes when we start to do it because we're afraid. See, when fear becomes our root, when it becomes our trigger and our motive, that we are doing things out of fear, and we can even bring that into, you know, immunization. Do you get vaxxed? Do you not get vaxxed? Either side of that could have fear attached to it. I have seen people who have gotten vaccinated because of their deep fear for COVID, which is sad. As Christians, it's sad. And I have seen people who have not gotten vaccinated because of their deep fear of the vaccination. I think that's sad. See, I am not saying one way or another what is right or what is wrong. The day may come, and I've said it for a long time, probably the time will come soon, when God is going to release me to speak about our personal perceptions on this and opinions. However, ultimately, ultimately, at the end of the day, we cannot base our decisions on fear. There is no fear. God does not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We have not been given a spirit of fear. And if we are allowing fear to be our driving factor, then I can tell you right now, you're listening to the wrong voice. You might be doing the right thing, but you could be doing it by following the wrong voice, or it could be in the wrong time. I don't know what it looks like, but when fear is your motivator, we have a problem. And I've seen so many people make decisions out of fear, whether that is in homeschooling, I can't homeschool high school, I'm just not cut out for this. What if my child misses out on something? Anxiety, anxiety, fear, fear. Whether it's for the vaccine, against the vaccine, fear, 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 fear. A a perfect example, and this is actually not about fear, this is just another example of this this being bound by our perceptions. We have decided when we go down there, and we did this last year, um, and I actually was not going to say anything. You know why I wasn't going to say anything is because I have been trapped by people pleasing. Okay, so I am not free from this either. I definitely have my moments. So I I have been avoiding telling anybody this because I don't want to be judged. And we were pretty judged last time. But last year when we left for our tour, we went down to Florida because it was warm and our pipes wouldn't freeze. And we decided to go to Disney World for the first time. Um, it was truly an 80% wretched 
experience. I mean, we went at one of the busiest times of the year. It was insane. It was, we didn't know what we were doing. It was a massive wake up call. Um, there was a lot of fighting, a lot of tiredness, a lot of, um, headaches. I mean, just so many things that went, went on during that trip, but but it's been a long time. And like having a baby where, you know, you kind of forget about it over time and it starts to just become warm and fuzzy again. Um, Disney became warm and fuzzy again. And we were like, you know what? Let's do it again. Let's go down where it's warm. Let's just spend a little bit of time as a family. Because when we, as soon as we finished Disney last year, we were working. We were touring. We were speaking. We were encouraging. We were meeting people. We were looking and scoping places to go. Um, I was writing early mornings and late at night. We were we were there for a work trip. And so it was, it was kind of a reward for our kids. I mean, anyways, whatever. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to justify it. Okay. Because I'm working on this in myself, but, but we were massively judged last year, massively, massively judged. Um, and it wasn't everybody. It was definitely not everybody, but there was definitely some people who greatly judged us. And so when we were considering going down again, and when we actually decided to, we were hesitant to tell anybody because we knew that people would judge us or whether it's because they judge us because, you know, oh wow, they must be doing well. Or whether it's because they judge us that, that who are you to be doing that when you should be working or whether they judge us because, you know, Disney, you should never go there and and support them in any sort of way. It doesn't matter. We are judged. And so I was pondering this. I was thinking about it even as I was planning this. And I was like, man, we allowed ourselves to be bound by the limitation of what people would think of us. We allowed ourselves to actually begin to make decisions or not make decisions. And it was playing into our decisions that, that people were going to judge us and therefore maybe we shouldn't do this. See, whether we go to Disney or don't go to Disney, at the end of the world, at the end of the world, <laughs> wow, it's been a long day. At the end of the day, it is not, it's not necessarily, that is not the key factor. It is what is our motivator behind it. Because if my motivation for it is because I am bound by, by my fear of what people are going to think of me, then I, I'm, I'm allowing myself to once again enter and submit to a yoke of slavery. I didn't stand firm. And so one of the things I've been working on is standing firm and saying, you know what, we're going down there because I want to share photos and videos with you guys and all of the things. And I don't want to be like, oh, I can't post anything because, you know, people are going to judge me. And, and we have been, we've definitely been judged for our decision to do that. But one of the things I was sharing with people, because even, even people's convictions about, about Disney and, and all the things and all, all things. There's so many things. We live in a, in a complicated world and a complicated culture and it's difficult to know, I mean, are we supporting this or what if we're doing that? And, and I recognize the, the nuances and the, the many things that play into um, those kind of decisions and even people's feelings about it. But at the end of the day, I've realized obedience trumps conviction. See, everybody has conviction. Everybody has their personal opinions on vaccines, on Disney, on on homeschooling and what you should do or what you shouldn't do. I mean, the world is full of opinions. Opinions are absolutely everywhere. But if we allow ourselves, if we allow ourselves to constantly just listen to everybody's opinions around us, then we will always be waves tossed by the sea to and fro, constantly looking to either intelligence, the media, or what people are saying in order to dictate what we should do. Everybody's convictions, that's, that would be a very tumultuous life. 
If you are constantly, you see something on social media, oh, that sounds good. Oh, this person said this. Oh, that's true. I guess we should never do that. And, oh, well, this person said this. And, and you become convicted about all these different things and it becomes this conviction and then you pass it on to everybody around you. No, 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 we don't do this because this has this. And well, this has this in it. And well, this says this and we just don't do that. And and we, we, we become proponents of this culture, this society of this conviction and opinion and everything matters and you better submit to my ideology or else. But see, obedience trumps it. Obedience trumps even my own conviction. I can have my conviction about this or that or struggle with that. And one day I will tell you a story of exactly something that happened around these lines, but something I was deeply convicted about. And when I sat down and I prayed about it, God was like, "Mm, turns out, turns out that I do not feel the same way you do. And I'm going to, I'm going to steer you another direction. If you want to ask me, I'm going to tell you this, this instead. And it totally was like, what? (laughs) The thing is, is that if we are, we don't, we don't answer to the world. If we're basing our decisions off of what people think, if we're basing our decisions off of what we feel, if we're basing decisions off of our own minds warring with itself, you guys, we're going to be constantly vacillating. But we don't have to do that. We can stand firm when we choose to submit to him, when we seek him, when we listen to his voice and we say, God, what do you have for me? When we follow him, then it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't even matter what we feel. Do you know last year on our trip, do you know how much we struggled? Do you know how much I, I began to lose hope and began to think that maybe maybe I had heard wrong? Maybe, maybe this isn't even what we're supposed to be doing. This is impossible. We're never going to find anywhere. We don't even know where we're supposed to be going. But it didn't matter because we continued on our journey, even though my feelings were warring with the faith action of what we were walking into. We continued to walk, even though my own feelings were battling against, even though my thoughts were battling against, and it was a battle to take those captives and to make them obedient to Christ Jesus. Because I knew what he had called us to. I knew what he had said, and I had to stand firm now, and I had to walk it out. Are you bound? Have you allowed yourself to be bound? In any of the ways we've talked about, maybe God is putting his finger on something else, some other area of your life, but I encourage you to take some time to pray about it, to ask, ask where that started, where that began, and, and, and ask him, surrender it to him, and ask him to set you free from that. But recognize the fact that when that does happen, that when you are set free from that pattern, when you, when you see the truth and you begin to recognize it and you begin to be aware of it, that you are going to have to stand firm and choose to no longer submit to that same captivity that you were once in, to that same lie, that same pattern, that same belief system, whatever it may be, you are going to have to stand firm and you are going to have to fight You're going to have to fight, whether that's standing, whether that's pushing forward. I just encourage you, no matter what situation you are in your life right now, whether you're in a point of standing firm or maybe you're in a point of moving forward like we were last year on our trip and about to do again this year, but I just encourage you to base your decisions on obedience, not your conviction, not 
other people's convictions, but on the conviction that he gives you based on what he has said to you. And if you don't know how to listen to his voice, if you, if you don't know how to tune in, if you, if you have not taken the time to not just pray in a one-way direction, but actually receive and, and listen for what he is speaking to you, then I encourage you just, just start, just start. Listen to some of my other podcast episodes. There's one where we talk about hearing God's voice. I don't even remember which one it is. Maybe we'll put it up on the site, um, and, and give you a little, (laughs) a, a link to it. But I encourage you to take the time to hear what he is speaking to you for your homeschool, for your family, for your children, for your relationship, for your calling, for your purpose, for your ministry, for whatever he has placed you in. Listen to his voice and nobody else's. God, I thank you for every person that has listened to this or is listening to this. God, I pray for blessing over their lives. Father, I pray that your hand of blessing and your favor would be upon them. God, I pray that you would speak clearly to your people. I pray that you would open our spiritual ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, and our hearts to be able to know you, to understand, to recognize your love, to be aware of of the the thought patterns and emotions and the lies that we might be aligning with and, and the lenses that are on our eyes that we are viewing things through that you might want to be dealing with and saying, no, 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 no. It's time to, it's time to wash these glasses off because you are not seeing things clearly. God, I pray that you would make us aware of the things in our lives that we have become captive to. And I pray that you would, you would bring us to freedom. God, I pray that we would begin to walk in victory. And as we learn these lessons and as we find these patterns and as we step forward and we begin to fight and stand firm, God, I pray that it will be a legacy for our children, that it will be passed on from here on out, that our children will be even more aware than we were, and that we will disciple our kids to begin to take their thoughts captive and their emotions captive and and begin to fight and to stand firm so that they will be a generation that is free. In your name I pray. Amen.